0: And Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. (laughs) Devaluing the word great if you followed with Luke Lipinski. (laughs) Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. final hour of the show already out here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. Cliff Kingsbury will join us in about 40 minutes as he does every Big Red Monday during the football season. Wolf, uh I nice mean, to talk to coach after a win this week yes. <laughs> last week was a pretty uh, somber interview uh, this story is out there courtesy of Sham Sharani when it comes to the Phoenix Suns the the story is that uh, Milwaukee is a team that has recently been engaged in talks with the Suns for Jay Crowder now if you go to Arizona sports.com um, I believe it was Kevin Zimmerman yeah Kevin Zimmerman does a great job on uh, Empire of the Suns with uh, with Kellen Olson covering the Suns went through and looked at possible ways a trade with Milwaukee would even work. And the clearest one-for-one one would be Grayson Allen, who Okay, It's not everybody's favorite. Uh, <laughs> then you start to talk Skid about— Get out of Kentucky? Duke. Duke. Duke, yes. I knew it was Very below. Duke. Yeah, yes. that's true. They're, they're kind of blending together at this point anyway, those two schools. Yes. Uh, Joe Ingles, Pat Connaughton, and Jordan O'Rear are other guys that, uh, that Kevin said you could maybe piece together to make a Can you,
1: a you imagine deal? the people screaming at the radio right now as we compare Kentucky with Duke? Yeah, okay, but
0: who's, who's, who's screaming? Just Duke fans and Kentucky fans? <laughs> <laughs> have at it. I don't care. So, you um, babies! <laughs> so you have you have those as potential names that, uh, that could come back in a deal. The Suns haven't made a trade involving Jay Crowder yet, so maybe they're not all that happy with those potential deals. But um, this is James Jones as we try and figure out what James Jones is thinking. This is James Jones on with Burns and Gambo last week. And uh, he said a couple things about a potential Jay Crowder deal including it wasn't just Crowder wanting out that necessitates all this.
2: No, I mean, I think it was an ongoing conversation. We just thought about, like, in the long-term interest of the player and the franchise, like, where were we trending?
0: And, you know, to Jay's credit, Jay's a pro. You know, it's not like Jay refuses to be a part of this. We just decided that for him and for us, it's best if we pursue,
1: you know, alternative options so that that both both groups can move forward uh, with clarity. It's not like Jay refuses to be a part of this. That was... Because that's that's, kind of what we were led to believe a month or so
0: ago. Jay wants out.
1: Well, he wasn't... I I don't know if we were led to believe that. I think that's just what everyone assumed, is that Jay Crowder... Hey, listen, Jay Crowder is not going to come off the bench, and he wants an extension right there. It just... to hear him say that, not like Jay refuses to be a part of this, um, I, what does that mean? Is, is there is there a part of James Jones and Monty Williams that are like, um, listen, Jay, um, you're really, you're one of these strong leaders and you walk into that locker room and you you're kind of abrasive sometimes and you know honestly kind of I wonder <laughs> I wonder if yes he has a great impact on some of these guys that are in that locker room and he's got great influence over some of these younger guys that are is it possible he has a lot of influence over guys like Jay Crowder by way of I mean not Jay Crowder um cam Johnson by way
0: of example this is crazy because you saying this now is making me rethink Everything that's happened from that August I'm first, I'm not tweet saying on. I'm right. I'm no, just no,
1: wondering. I, I, wow, no,
0: but but it is. It's 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 like when. Okay, spoiler alert for a movie that's over 20 years old. But if you watch Fight Club, I'm not even going to say what happens. But at the end of the movie, you're like, I probably need to re-watch Fight Club. Because now everything I thought, I have to go see if it makes sense the other way. That's sort of what this offseason now is with Jay Crowder, with what you're saying. Because you're right. I 100% when Jay Crowder's tweeting, hey, I need a change. You know, I'm paraphrasing, right. but it's time for right. change. Sometimes, yeah, I'm ready for that. And then all this other stuff. Hey, you know, come see the Phoenix Suns at, uh, at JaVale McGee's softball game. Well, J- number nine, 99 will be there. Like He was so active on Twitter that he wasn't going to be a part of this team. I just assumed they went to him and said, hey, Cam's starting, and he wanted out, and that might be it. Or maybe they were like, you know what, Jay? We need to move on from you. We're not going to pay you next year anyway, so we need to move on. The only reason I don't think that's it, Wolf, is now it's just a wasted asset at this exact moment. You're not getting anything back for him, and he's he's not like somebody you'd want to get out of there. Like, we have to get him out of here.
1: Yeah. Once again, where's Jay Crowder on this spectrum as well? Where is he? Is he truly, you know, he's a willing participant? Should we just tweet at him and ask uh, him? Yeah, just, you know, Jay, what is you, do you what are you saying? I'm not going to play for you if you're not going to start me. Does that sound like Jay Crowder? It really does. And we were talking about the fact that it didn't sound like Jay Crowder to me. It's not like he hasn't come off the bench before in the past. He has. How much it's not like his future might not be tied to that in the NBA. It certainly could be. On a good team,
0: most likely, if you if you just play this out logically, on October 24th, if a good team is trading for Jay Crowder, yeah. they're probably wanting him as a
1: second right? man. Right? Yes. Exactly. So I'm just wondering, where, where is he? Jay Crowder strikes me as a pro's pro, a grizzled veteran who understands the game and appreciates the game, not the game you're going to play where you're saying, I want to start and I want an extension, or I'm not going to play. <laughs> it doesn't, does that sound like Jay Crowder to you? It does not sound like Jay Crowder to me. We talked about this when it first came down, how out of character, character it seemed for him to do that and maybe it's just because his personality is so big james jones and monty williams no you know what um we need cam johnson to grow and develop and jay crowder is not going to allow him not by anything jay's gonna do but just by his mere presence and a personality we're we we do not think it's going to allow cam to grow into everything that he could possibly be, I I don't know. Listen, I'm, maybe it's a I'm combination. Maybe it, honestly,
0: it could I could see it being some sort of combination of they're like, hey, it's Cam's time. He's going to start. And if I'm Jay Crowder, I could at least understand in that moment in August being like, okay. This is my last year of my contract. You know, I'm getting up there. It's probably my last big contract. So I can't be coming off the bench. Trade me somewhere where I'm going to play. And, and, you know, they probably bounced the idea around. And they're like, look, Jay, again, like we were just saying, well, if any, any team you're going to go to that's going to be good, you're probably coming off the bench. Those teams already have their rotations yeah. established. And maybe Jay was like, OK. And then maybe maybe what you're saying is they were like, he wants to be starting. Maybe we can't have him here if he doesn't like his role. Maybe. That's what it is.
1: I, you know, once again, um, Jay Crowder is Jay Crowder a mystery to any general manager that is in the NBA right now? No, there's, there's not a lot of subtlety to Jay I Crowder. Don't, I don't see Jay Crowder saying I have to play. This year, I have to start this year because this is my contract here, and I'm going to get paid one more time. Everybody knows what Jay Crowder is in the NBA. Every general manager knows it, so I don't see it being. I've got to start. I've got to start, so I get paid. I get that contract. Listen, he's made a lot of money in his career, and I'm sure Jay Crowder looks at the talent that he had when he first came into the NBA and knows that he's gotten every. of that talent out and has been rewarded for that. And uh, I have a hard time believing this has anything to do I've got to get paid one more time. Everyone knows who Jay Crowder is, well, regardless the, of the kind of year he has. The ultimate
0: irony is through these first few games, Cam Johnson's been banged up, so Jay Crowder probably would be playing right around the 22, 23 minutes, and Crowder's playing, or Johnson's played 24 minutes a game. But the ultimate irony, Wolf, is the one thing you can't do if you want a new deal is just not be playing at all, which is what he's doing. That's the one thing, because you're right, most GMs would be like, okay, Jay Crowder, I know what I'm getting, but if he sits, he's not going to sit the whole season, but if he sits the whole season, that's when they're going to be like, oh, he hasn't played basketball much in the last year. Yeah, That's the only way he's really going to cost himself in that the, regard.
1: Did the Suns ban Jay Crowder I mean, look, from the locker room? Jimmy that's G is
0: know. playing for San Francisco so anybody can come back anywhere. Uh, the Eagles just announced they're returning to the Footprint Center on March 1st, 2023 for the Hotel California California 2023 tour tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m but you can win a pair now by visiting the contest page on ArizonaSports.com we come back now that the dust has settled on the Cardinals Thursday night win what is the outlook for this offense with D-Hop back in it it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports the local sports leader
2: Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports presented by Sanderson Ford the best play is at Sanderson Ford.
0: Well, it's a simple question, and I'm guessing it comes with a complicated answer, Wolf. Now that the Cardinals have gotten DeAndre Hopkins back, and you view it through the context of everything we've been talking about on this show after a weekend of, you know, okay football around the NFC, but nothing all that impressive with Philadelphia on, on bye and Minnesota on by, too. How much better do you feel about this Cardinals team now that they got the win over New Orleans last week, that they have DeAndre Hopkins back, and that the NFC looks pretty wide open? Now, the flip side to this is the Cardinals are pretty beat up. The offense, even on Thursday, didn't look amazing. DeAndre Hopkins was was looking pretty good. It's a very, like I said, it's a simple question with a very complicated answer.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I feel so much better about this team from the standpoint their defense continues to make plays. (laughs) Their defense continues to surprise. Their defense was something that I thought was going to be the weakness. You know, this is just one of these reminders to me. You know, just because you think it looks that way, especially on paper, doesn't mean that it's always going to play out that way. Human beings... Players make plays. Plays don't make players. Play players... Make plays, and just looking at the way Zayvon Collins has grown, the way that Isaiah Simmons has grown, um, the way that some of these young guys, Marco Wilson, has exploded. I think he's playing really, really well. Uh, Byron Murphy, how much he has developed. I mean, this guy is playing like a shutdown guy. Now, guess what? Here come the Minnesota Vikings, everybody, with Justin Jefferson, of course, and Adam Thielen. So we're going to find out just how much these young corners have grown, but... The defense continues to um, over-deliver and scoring um, 17 to 21 points. And that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say 17 to 21 points in the game. And the reason why I say that, they scored 14 themselves. But also Antonio Hamilton's pick in the end zone, that was at least three right there. Could have been a three-point, right? So that's 17-point swing you had, at the least. Now, what if they score a touchdown in that situation? It's a twenty-one point swing,
0: and at that point, just the way everybody felt—not that the game was over—but at that point, that had been pretty tough. I mean, there, there was a moment there where you could have been down twenty-one to six
1: to start yeah. the game against New Orleans. Yeah. So the defense really has um, surprised, and it's given me hope for the offense because what I saw with DeAndre Hopkins last week.
0: Well, I think you know what you just said in there of when you. You can't always tell how things are going to play out on paper. And and we have to be reminded of that constantly in sports, right? We're always, yes. like, oh, we know what's going to especially happen. Especially
1: in this job.
0: Well, yeah, and especially just in the NFL. People react so much to the most recent thing. Oh, my gosh, that's that's definitely the way it is from now on. But it is pretty remarkable because we're not talking about like okay, well we came into the season and we thought you know the, the Cardinals defense was good, but you know what would Antonio Hamilton be? We're not talking about one guy. We're talking about an entire defense that went from a lot of question marks to being one of the better defenses in football right now. That is pretty remarkable. And yes, they gave up some yards and some points, but yeah. to your point, they also scored two touchdowns, touchdowns themselves, and uh, and had an interception in the end zone. And look at their games prior to that; they were. Given up like basically 19 points a game. When you have that as your foundation, if you continue to have that as your foundation, you're going to have a chance to win these games. And I would say this. Kirk Cousins has been playing better this year, but in the past, he is absolutely capable of throwing the ball to Marco Wilson and throwing it to Antonio Hamilton in the end zone, yeah. and throwing a pass that gets that gets you know not deflected but but turned enough where Isaiah Simmons can pick it off and run
1: it back for a touchdown. He's also very capable of lighting it up because that's what Kirk Cousins does for the most that's part. That's what he's been doing is this year. Is it a nationally televised game to your no, point? Unfortunately not. No, a.m. Um, is it a big game for the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, Every week, we always say it, it's a big... Every week is a big week in the NFL. I understand that. But it seems to me when Kirk Cousins gets in games where um, there's a lot on the line, I don't know if he posts the numbers. As a matter of fact, I do know he doesn't post the numbers. Two and ten in primetime games, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Which is just okay. Maybe that's you know the situation of what I'm talking about. Not only the primetime, but the fact... It's a pressure pack game. It's one of the reasons why they're going to play in primetime. It's because it's a good game or a big game. He's not, to me, he doesn't strike me as a big-game quarterback. So he's totally capable of lighting it up this week against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I just don't know if he's capable of winning a championship with well, the Vikings.
0: Th- that's that's in a weird way. You would almost feel better about the Cardinals' chances if this was week one of the playoffs on Sunday. Right. As opposed to just Correct. a game in late October, yes. which is when he tends to play his best. Now, the other thing that we got to talk about that you brought up uh, towards the end of last week, Minnesota is coming into this off a of bye week, like a real bye week. So they're all rested up so all their, their injured
1: starters could get healthy, Wolf. Except they haven't had any all year. <laughs> Think about that, man. Um, Kevin O'Connell, of course, is the head coach. Um, he comes from Sean McVay they the Los Angeles Rams, of course, out there. Uh, he's a rookie head coach for the Minnesota Vikings right now. He believes in getting a an offense and a defense and special teams, getting a team ready to play for the regular season, just the way Cliff Kingsbury believes in doing it. There's not a lot of full-go practices. There's not a lot of heavy hitting. It's not super difficult at all. Um, he believes in a lot of walk-through stuff. And guess what? 21 of 22 starters for the Minnesota Vikings have made every game. If
0: you want to rip your hair out, look at what the Vikings are doing. What are you talking
1: about? The Vikings are doing
0: navigating their offseason the way the Cardinals did, and yet they have no injuries. And look at the Eagles running an offense that's very similar to the Cardinals, and they're undefeated.
1: They have one guy that's missed games? What are you talking about? Surely you jest. That is insane. Um, I, Anyways, that's what's going on with the Minnesota Vikings right now. Yeah. All their starters. They're all ready to go, man. They're all healthy they're and right rested. To, oh. This is as close to
0: 100% as you're going to see a team eight weeks into the season. Yes. Maybe ever, honestly.
1: Yes. So, again, things are going very, very well for the Minnesota Vikings in terms of their offense. They've got weapons we all know about. Delvin Cook, of course. We all know Justin Jefferson. My goodness, this guy has exploded on the NFL scene, so to speak. This guy is one of the best receivers in the National Football League any way you cut it. Um, Adam Thielen has done an awful lot for them as well. So they can score. Um, They just haven't done it at a clip that has been very prolific. If they hold Justin
0: Jefferson and we've had the stat each week, the best player on the other team's offense. It isn't a quarterback, set the quarterback aside, but just like the best skill position player. Cardinals have basically shut him down since week week one. Travis Kelsey obviously did some damage, but from that point on, they basically have shut that guy down. Minnesota has a couple, but I think we would all agree Justin Jefferson at this point in his career is maybe even more dangerous than Dalvin Cook. If we come in here on Monday and Byron Murphy... Is, is a big part of holding Justin Jefferson to like four for 44 like Cooper yeah. Cup we may as well just put up a Byron Murphy statue right outside that window <laughs> I mean honestly if you can because Justin Jefferson at this point is on such a he's at the peak of his career too or starting to peak he's He's making Kirk Cousins, I would say, look a lot better than he uh, maybe actually is. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 626 20 620 right now. We come back. What did Damian Lillard say to DA when he was at the free throw line at the end of overtime on Friday? We know now, and that's next. It's the Wolf and Luke show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. leader. I'm not afraid of Welcome back to the show. We are live from the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. It is Wolf and Luke. Cliff Kingsbury is going to join us shortly here, about 10 minutes, as he does every uh, big red Monday. Wolf, we're going to flip over to basketball real quick, and I want to make sure I have this right. Booker was number two in uh, Player of the Week, and Damian Lillard ended up winning the award. There you go. But Damian Lillard was uh, just an issue this week
1: for the Phoenix
0: Uh Devin Booker was nominated for what? Western Conference Player of the Week. Damian okay. Lillard got the nod. That was it. Okay, uh, Damian Lillard also, apparently, according to Damian Lillard, said this to DeAndre Ayton. At the, okay, so at the end of the game on Friday night, they go to overtime. Suns Blazers in Portland. It gets to 113 to 111. D.A. gets fouled. He's going to the line. Chance, okay, you hit these two free throws. We are tied. And then, if you were watching the game, you saw Damian Lillard walk up to D.A. as he's getting ready to get the ball to shoot the free throws and say something to him. This, according to Damian Lillard... Willard is what he said. I only asked him, I said,
2: have you ever been in this situation before? Because it's not easy, you know, when you when you have to make the free throws. That's not an easy situation to be in because the whole game doesn't come down to one possession. You know, it's a lot of things that happen, but in a way, you know, you're looking at it like this is a chance to tie the game. So I just asked him, like, I just wanted him to think about it a little bit. Like, you know, have you ever been in this situation? And he ignored me, and when he ignored me, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's thinking about it like these, these big free throws.
1: <laughs> that is a great observation by Dame. It really is because so much of the time that he, that's probably the case right there. Could you possibly could you possibly do that to DeAndre Ayton? Yeah, I think you probably could do it. He's still young enough. I I think he's still maturing. He's still growing. Yeah, I think you could get into his head maybe a little bit, maybe not as much as Dame is trying to make you think that he did.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, DeAndre Ayton is he's not like a horrible free throw shooter like some of the big men in the league are. <laughs> but he's not Ray Allen from the free throw line where he makes 99 out of 100 or whatever he used to hit. Uh, he's not Steph Curry from the free throw line. He's He may have just missed the shot because he was going to miss a free throw, and the second one doesn't count because he was trying to miss the second one. But if you were watching it, you did see Dame come up and say something in that expressionless Damian Lillard look of his of just like, <laughs> I'm just going to make you think about something. And D.A. did kind of look like, eh, I don't, <laughs> here I go shooting free throws. That's that's not his thing. That's You didn't take him number one overall because he's an amazing free-throw shooter.
1: And we were talking about this earlier, but that is trash-talking. Never forget that, Basinonians. That is trash-talking right there. That's effective trash-talking, as a matter of fact, when you walk up and just remind a guy of how much pressure he is in at the moment, even though it's just a regular season game, and here it is. It was only game two of the season. Um, I think it's so funny that Dame picked that moment to go up and say that. To D hey, have you ever been in this situation? And the way he was doing it, I thought was uh, very, very funny and classy at the same time.
0: Boy, I'd hate to be you right now. <laughs> Look at all of us exactly. hanging out. The game's, you know, it's all in. The, it's just all in your hands. We've been playing for at that point what fifty-two minutes and fifty-seven <laughs> seconds, and now it's just all going to be decided by you shooting free throws. So
1: you know what? Would you say that he has been in that situation before? I, I think he's been in that situation. DA, before. Maybe, maybe not maybe exactly not the, end of overtime. the same situation in terms of it being overtime. That maybe not that, but pressure-packed situations occur in regular season yeah. moments as well. He's been in those before. That, that,
0: that's why I think it's more just funny than anything else. Right. it's very in character with Damian Lillard. You know, you and I said this earlier. It's a hundred percent something I could see Devin Booker doing a hundred percent, and he would do it the same way as, uh, as 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 Damian Lillard did it right there, and I. Yeah, I mean, has DeAndre Ayton been in big situations? Yes. Has he been shooting free throws at the end of an overtime with a chance to tie the game? And maybe not at the NBA level. I don't remember any off the top of my head, but I don't think that that's what decided the game. I think it just simply it just simply um, was a little extra on top of it. All right, we are going to uh, hit the break here, Wolf, because when we come back, we're going to talk to Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury, get his thoughts on how his team's going to build off that Thursday night win heading into Minnesota. They got the victory over the Saints. Now, can you carry it for? uh, This Sunday against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Your home for everything Cardinals. 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 Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. In the red zone with Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Presented by Earnhardt Hyundai and Ford dealers. No bowl since 1951. Welcome back to the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. We are joined now by Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury, as we do every every Big Red Monday at this time. Coach, this week uh, coming off a win, but a win that was a few days ago. So I guess let's
2: just start there. Much different vibe when you get a win and you get a win at home. Yeah, and you get to um, kind of build on that momentum for nine, ten days, I think. It gave us a chance to, to get healthier over uh, the weekend and, and into this week and, and then feel good about um, what we have moving forward. Getting hot back was huge. Winning at home was huge. So that was uh, good to get that checked off the list, and we just got to keep, keep building from there.
1: It was clearly a uh, step forward, I would say, for the offense. Talk a little bit, if you would, Cliff, about how DeAndre Hopkins really impacted that step forward.
2: Yeah, you saw, you know, the production with the catches and yards, but then the three first downs on on passing penalties he drew, uh, some crucial, critical situations. Um, That's what he does. they got to account for him every single snap, and, and as a play caller, you know they have to do that, and so there's other areas of the field you can work and do some different things to try and take advantage of it. He's not somebody I think a lot of us look at and say, okay, maybe they can get more out of
0: Hopkins than they were before, but do you view it that way? I mean, a lot's been made about how much he moved him around, and
2: maybe that's a one-game thing or whatever, but he could he still even, even add more? Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, that was without practicing, I mean, at all. We just walked through, so I'm hopeful um, the more time on task we get with him and, and uh, with Kyler that the role continued to expand because he, he is a guy that even when he's covered, he's open, and um, we we needed his presence out there.
1: So knowing that you took that step forward with D-Hop in the lineup, do you plan on calling plays going forward against the Vikings? Yeah,
2: I will uh, against the Vikings. As soon as D-Hop's out again, you can call him <laughs> <or> <laughs> whoever else wants to do it, and you'll see how that goes. Um, but no, it, it's... Uh, we're working through some things still and, and we have a long way to go um, we gotta be more consistent there's no doubt but I, I like where it's heading um, so hopefully we can we can keep the momentum going talking to
0: Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury you mentioned you know Hopkins he's open even when he's covered and you played quarterback before does it take a game or two for you know for Kyler Murray to readjust he's thrown to him before but to readjust and be like wait when, when he's got a guy on him I can still throw to him
2: yeah I think for all of us it's um, kind of remembering the presence that he brings and and what he can do out there and, and it all it does is open up the rest of the field for a lot of other dynamic playmakers. I mean that wide receiver room is is loaded with a lot of talented players, you know, great tight ends, great running backs. So uh, we gotta be able to distribute the football but when, when a defense, you know, their their starting point is, is D hop, we're able to work some different areas and, and open up some different things in our
1: offense. You know what's so cool about DeAndre Hopkins too one of the things I really appreciate and respect with him Cliff is the leader that he is. I it's just not as t- tangible impact that he has on the team. It's also all the intangibles that he brings. got a lot of swag. Yeah, he does. And the, the competitive spirit. I mean when he's out on the field
2: I think all of us have more confidence it's the way he carries himself the way he plays Um, you you truly feel like he's going to be hard to stop when he's out there and and that makes us all have a little bit more pep in our step Marco Wilson was a guy that there was a lot of focus on him during training camp
0: obviously and that's one of those positions where you usually get talked about if, if you mess up right or you score a touchdown and do a backflip into the end zone or whatever that was. I guess it was technically a front flip. Um, what have you seen
2: from him, though, in the first now seven weeks of the season? Yeah, a continual improvement. Um, like I said during training camp, I felt like uh, Ham had, had made a good um, push to, to be one of the starters and, and um, at least have, have a major role in, in the rotation. And, and Marco kept working and kept getting better and better and obviously made a huge play the other night. I thought, against Seattle had an incredible play knocking that ball down as kind of a coverage zero, we didn't get home, and he has it one-on-one and knocks that ball down, so he, he's definitely starting to uh,
1: show what we think he can be. So did you see the meme where Marco Wilson behind Andy Dalton? I did. I you did. saw that? <laughs> yeah, somebody sent it to me. It didn't look real. I
2: don't know if it was real or not, but it looked ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was just, real He's got a
1: 45-inch yeah, vertical. Was, he really yeah. does. Marco Wilson's got a 45-inch vertical. Yeah, I,
2: remember, I remember seeing the picture um, of him coming out at his pro day, and it was insane, yeah. just touching the Vertimax. So
1: he can he can uh, really get up. So let's talk about a guy that doesn't have a 45 inch vertical. How about Billy Price and the job that he did at center? I watched the tape. I thought he I thought he played well. You know a lot better than I do. But how would he play? He really did. Uh,
2: we put a lot on him, and, and from a you know cerebral standpoint, he, I, he got us going in the right direction. I thought his might points were really good. The, you know the blitz pickup stuff where he's got to get it sorted out was really good. And then he was stout in the run game. And uh, to have a guy step in like that after short a short amount of time was, was really impressive.
0: Another new guy, we're talking to Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury, another new guy, uh, Robbie Anderson, and I know it's tough as a receiver to come in basically on, what, two days notice, right. um, but what are you hoping for from him going forward? Is it as simple as trying to fill the
2: Hollywood Brown role? Yeah, we, we want to see w- how he fits really um, in our scheme. We know he can run. Uh, I, I like what I've seen on, on film from other places, and now it's about fitting into our offense, but he's the guy they can take the top off of and and has really uh, elite level speed, and, and we, we felt like we needed that piece um, when Hollywood went down, and uh, I'm excited to see what he does with another week under his belt.
1: How about Cody Ford? Uh, the offensive line is a bit of a concern for me right now just because it's so banged up. How about you, Cliff? How do you feel about
2: this? Yeah, that I wish we could just keep you know, the, the first five in one of these weeks, but it's it's been a shuffle of the deck each and every week, and Cody, another guy, kind of like Hobb, didn't have any time on task. He hadn't played in our offense at all in a game and and hadn't practiced in six weeks, so he stepped in. And we weren't planning on playing him that much, and then Max Garcia went down as well, and so he played more than we thought. But I thought he did a nice job. I think another week will, will definitely help him. Do you
0: allow yourself to look around the NFC and the NFC West at this point? Especially the division is so upside down, I think, of what a lot of people expected it would be this year.
2: Yeah, I think everybody is. I mean, you look at some of the favorites going into the uh, season, you know, it's three and four. Four and two. I mean, everybody's right there. And uh, so it, it'll be fun. A lot of parody. Um, just got to keep fighting, keep plugging away. And then hopefully this year, you know, our trend is, is to get
1: better as we go. So, as you were studying the Minnesota Vikings and their defense, what do you see, Cliff? Now, they're playing at a high level uh, with a lot of confidence. They're five and one
2: for a reason. And um, they don't make many mistakes on, on that side of the ball. Great pass rushers. Uh, you know, the secondary, they play a lot of zone coverage and have eyes on the quarterback. So they're creating a lot of turnover. Rovers and... Um they, they they are a good team. They're one of the elite teams in the league right now.
1: Ed Donatel is their defensive coordinator. I, I don't know much about Ed. How about you? Do you know anything? Yeah, I hadn't known much in, until you know just watching the the
2: film. But you can tell they they play really hard for him schematically. Like said, they don't give much up. They keep things in front and and turn the football over a bunch. And, he's been around the rights. Yeah, been he's, he's he's been in the league for a long time and um, he's doing a heck of a job with that group. I know this was more of a story last week,
0: but Kyler Murray in that game, obviously is uh, is showing a little more fire verbally at least that we're all seeing i'm sure you've seen it for his entire career but do you do you care do you mind that at all from that
2: sort of uh that sort of emotion from your quarterback yeah no i think it's it's an emotional game it's football um you know we're all trying to get it right and win win the game and um
1: that's just part of it the idea of separation at all, as the head coach and the play caller to me, and the quarterback, it's almost a symbiotic relationship. Cliff, it seems that way. It's it's almost like you're working together, hand in hand. Do you think that there's any value whatsoever in separation, becoming that head coach, more of a game manager than anything else? Uh, I think every situation is different.
2: You know, I think um, you see around the league, some people have done it, some people have given it up, some people have gone back to it. And uh, there, there's no right or wrong answer there. I think it's whatever fits your, your team at that time. Uh, with Kyler, how do you feel like he, how much does his
0: game improve when Hopkins is back, whether it's Hopkins putting up stats or not?
2: Yeah, everybody's does. Um, I mean, that's the type of impact that true number one, you know, top type wideout in the league. Um, that's the impact he has. And, and so there were some, some big plays where I felt like that was the security blanket and Kyler found him and, and kept the chains moving. And that's where we really struggled, the third down, second long situations,
1: and, and Hop have had a huge impact on that. How about the health in general of this team going into Minnesota this week? Are you going to get some guys back, left? We hope so. You know, James Conner, uh,
2: Rodney Hudson, Matt Prater, Chuck Washington, hopefully guard deck. I mean, I, I think those five have a chance. I don't know how they'll progress throughout the week, but we, we need to get some some healthy bodies back as we, we make this stretch run.
0: I also feel like we should say thank you for wishing Wolf a happy 70th birthday. I think it was very thoughtful in the moment.
2: Yeah, I thought so. I mean, to celebrate a big victory and yeah. still shout out my friend like that. You <laughs> yeah, got somebody that's, give that's, me the protection call. friendship.
1: <laughs> you know what I thought? Oh my goodness, he is he's really sticking it to me. Then all of a sudden you said 70. I said, wait a minute, <laughs> Wait a minute. Coach, we
0: Talk, appreciate it, man.
1: Yeah, thank you, Coach. Thanks, we appreciate, I appreciate it,
2: it. Have a good one. All
0: right, that's Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury joining us right there as he does every Monday for the exclusive uh, one-on-one here on the Wolf and Luke Show at uh, 145 each week on Big Red Monday. Uh, we actually get a chance to react to some of what he just said. Wolf, well, we have about a minute here.
1: Yeah, you know, um, he's going to call plays going forward. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't feel like there has to be that separation right there. And once again, this is going to to be something that I'm sure is a work in progress over the course of this season, right here. But um, going forward, he says he's going to call the plays at least in Minnesota.
0: Yeah, uh, I know we talked about this on Friday a little bit, but I, I think the I'm assuming the the return of DeAndre Hopkins plus a win makes it tougher. That's why I was asking about this last week. Is 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 there that much of an advantage to doing it this week because of the extra couple days or Do you just kind of roll with it here for a few weeks, see if things get back to where they were? first half of last season if they don't is it really that hard to do it on a regular week because we saw them do it last year going into the cleveland game where it wasn't even planned
1: yeah you know um i don't know how it's going to unfold i really don't i have no idea what where to even guess um i will say this right here that once again um jaw to jaw with a coach is not necessarily a bad way to go it isn't a lot of times it can release tension it can built up tension that you might have Um, very similar to a fight that actually happens on the football field where suddenly the guy that you're competing against and the the guy you get into a fight with suddenly you needed to get that over with and all of a sudden the dust settles And everything is in line once again. And I think we all understand that because we have relationships with other people. Maybe that is what will happen. Maybe not.
0: Could be a total coincidence, but... With after the uh, the Kyler thing on the sideline that everybody pointed to after that game, that game turned in the Cardinals' favor. And I'm not saying it's because of that, but I'm just saying that that certainly didn't derail the Cardinals. Things completely flipped after that. For a lot of reasons. Totally agree with but, that. But just timing-wise, that was uh, it was it was interesting. Alright, that's going to do it for us here today. Thanks to Paul Calvisi for joining us. Thanks to Cliff Kingsbury for joining us. Thanks to Aaron Maloney for getting everything rolling. Uh, to Jesse Morrison and Lauren Koval back in the studios for wolf i'm luke we got burns again but coming up next right here on arizona sports the local sports leader